Are your clients asking about the employee retention credit, R&D tax credits, cost segregation, energy credits or deductions, or the work opportunity credit? Do you lack answers or expertise in your firm to serve these specialty tax incentives? Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, TriMerit, later in the episode. On June 28th, 2022, the Securities and Exchange Commission, we know it as the SEC, they issued a press release that announced that Ernst & Young's U.S. firm had to pay a $100 million fine because its employees were cheating on their ethics exams and Ernst & Young was also like misleading they were Ernst, so not only were, were Ernst and Young employees cheating on their ethics exam, then when the SEC is like saying, "Hey, Ernst and Young, are your people cheating on the ethics exam?" Ernst and Young is like, "Um, uh, I, I don't know, maybe." And they were like, they absolutely knew. So, so they were misleading the SEC during their Look investigation, right? Uh, <laughs> and so it's like this, it's this convoluted like cheating on an ethics exam right there that's like that sort of breaks your brain but then it's like right. also uh like like uh trying to trying to lying about cheating on your ethics is like the third turn in the whole story This is Oh My Fraud, a true crime podcast where our Ernsts are young instead of our countries for men being old. I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. Greg, how? Yes. What kind, of, what kind of student were you? Were you a good student? Uh, yeah, I was I was a pretty uh, awesome student in school. Uh, I got uh, I got bused to a, a, a magnet school for the gifted and talented in no elementary school. Really? Yep, I absolutely did. That's why I had no friends in my neighborhood because I got bust <laughs> out of town to wow. another place. Okay. Yep. So, uh, so how good of a student were you? Well, I got better and better in high school. I had a three point nine five GPA, which is also weird because I still wasn't in the top five percent of my graduating class. But then uh, I had a three point four five when I graduated from the University of Washington with my math degree, which yep. obviously three point four five is lower than three point nine five, but it was also, you know, college respectable. Uh, but then, exactly when I went back to school to get my undergraduate in accounting, uh, I got all A's except for one A minus in macroeconomics because of a goddamn group project that screwed me. And always my crowning achievement. Educationally, I got a 4.0 uh, in my MBA program from Utah State University. So nice. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. work. So did you ever, so here's a, here's kind of a, here's a maybe touchy subject, but uh, maybe not. Did you ever cheat in school? Like, did you ever copy the answers on homework or did you look, look off somebody's test or anything like that? Yeah. I cheated on everything in my MBA program and that's how, <laughs> no, I Wonder. <laughs> That's how I got my perfect four point No, um, no. It's funny. I, I, I don't actually like. Rem I don't have any solid memories of actually like cheating, cheating. Yeah. On any tests or anything like that. What about the CPA exam? I mean, cheating on that seemed more or less impossible to me when I took it. It was still pencil and paper, and I remember. In Colorado, you we we took it at a place called the Merchandise Mart, 
which was just this big, this, this giant open air, kind of like a Quonset basically. And like, we were all in there like rows and rows and rows and tables of people, um, uh, taking the exam and there were proctors pacing the floor just everywhere during the entire, yeah. uh, two days that we were taking the test. And so like, it just, I mean, even if I, like I had no plans to cheat, but like, just right. the, the the monitoring that was going on is like I don't know how anyone would cheat anyway. It just to, in any kind of significant way that would make a difference. It just seemed impossible to me. Right, and I see, and I kind of felt the same way because I I took the computer based exam. Yeah, and I and same same thing. I I see. I don't even know how anybody could cheat because the information that they're testing for is so broad. Yes, that like. You'd have to bring in like a textbook that was full of post notes yeah. that were well labeled yep. to even, and even then you'd waste so much time digging through that book that you, uh, you wouldn't have time to finish right. that section of the test. No, so, yeah. you wouldn't finish. I, and that's, that's worse. Like what if, if I remember right, right. When I was studying, they said, just get through the section. Like if you don't finish it, like, especially like the, the big essay and, and computational questions at the end. Because yeah. those were worth so yeah. much. He's like, if you don't get to those, like it, it's not going to go well for you. And so, like, if you're wasting right. all this time trying to get multiple t- choice questions right, like, right, you would never get to the the, the questions that are worth a bunch of points. So I don't know, Just, right? Well, and you and you think back to like those movies in the '80s, like the high school movies where people have the answers written like on their forearm underneath yeah. their sweater. And they yeah. put, and it's like you don't have a you don't have enough forearm to have the information that would yeah. help you at all in the CB exam. I did I do like to think though I didn't cheat on the exam. I like to think that I cheated the system uh-huh. uh, though, Caleb. Oh, because uh, uh, because well, so like you were saying, it's 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 important to get through the entire test. And the very first section I took was was audit, and I almost like I barely got through everything. But that's because. Mm-hmm. It's I can't remember how it was like a three hour test, three and a half hour test, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I and I had to use the bathroom part way through it. And in the testing center I was at, the bathroom was like on the other side of the building from <laughs> no. where the la- the computer lab was where we were yep. taking the test. So it probably took me like literally it probably took me ten minutes to just go pee oh, man. during the middle of the test. And so, uh, so when I got to reg, I was like, well, uh, screw that. And so I, I wore adult diapers to the reg section, of the test so that I would not have to go to the, to the bathroom. To, and then, and then of course that reg, I think is the shortest of all four of the sections of the, or at least I think it, it was, if it wasn't the shortest, it was one of the shorter ones then. And that was the only section where I didn't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the test. But listen, I, you were prepared. You, you were prepared. To, no, no. Listen, if you go to the CBA exam wearing adult diapers, I was like, I'm not going to not use these while I'm here. So I forced myself to piss myself during reg just because I didn't go to all that trouble to not to piss myself. And then the best part was in my mind, I was like, hey, you know, afterward, like I, afterwards, I'll just go, I'll go into the, you know, whatever the restroom is and the testing center, I'll, I'll rip them off and I'll just commando my way home. I didn't think about the fact that the restroom at the testing center might not be like a single uh, occupant kind of. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm in this bathroom after the test 
there's plenty of people who have to go to the bathroom after this test, and I'm in the stall taking my pants off and ripping off this adult diaper in a very not inconspicuous way. So, um, so yeah, I cheated the system. Well, that's one for the ages, Greg, right there. Yeah. It, but it was, as uh, you, it, I, as, as you know, Greg, and as many of our listeners know, uh, after you pass the CPA exam, we're, we're, we're jumping past a lot of this stuff, but w- once you pass that exam, uh, CPA candidates in many states, they also have to pass an ethics exam, uh, which brings us to the subject of today's episode, Greg. Yeah, cheating. And not just any cheating. Cheating on an ethics exam, the shortest path to hell. All right, so to start off, some background for those not familiar. In order to become a certified public accountant, aka CPA, a person must pass the uniform CPA examination. In 2023, at the time of this recording, the CPA exam consisted of four sections, or it consists of four sections. I'm speaking in the present tense. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, we're, we're here right now. Right, we're here right now. Those four sections are auditing and attestation, business environment and concepts, financial accounting and reporting, and regulation. And candidates must achieve a grade of 75 on each section to pass the exam. Caleb, did you did you fail any of the four sections? Did you have to retake any of the four? I did not. Nope. Passed all four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Me too. First, cool. first shot. Good work. Nice Good work. work. Nice work. Nice work, Greg. Okay. Thank so you. once, well, which by the way, most people don't do it the first shot. We're, we're exceptional. We're, yeah. You said it, not me. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, once all those four sessions are passed, as we kind of alluded to, the candidates are not done. Most U.S. states require CPA candidates to pass an ethics exam. And many of those states simply use uh, an exam that's a, uh, developed and put out by the AICPA, which again, if you're not familiar, it is a professional association for certified public accountants. And, uh, and so they have a course and they put it out. And if you pass that exam, that, that counts as, um, as passing the, the, the ethics assessment requirement. Um, but even a few states have their own test, but generally speaking, that's, that's how it works. Where were you licensed? Were you licensed in New York or in uh, Nebraska? Colorado and New York. I was originally Colorado was origi- New York. Yeah, originally uh, licensed in Colorado, and then when I moved to New York, I got licensed in New York. Gotcha. Did yep. you, did you have to? My my guess is New York probably had their own. Is that correct? Um, I did not have to pass the ethics in New York. It was because it was um, what do you call it? Um, uh, because I was already reciprocity. Licensed, yeah, I think I had just I just qualified re- for reciprocity because I was already licensed in Colorado. So gotcha. um, my at my first job, I remember taking the ethics exam at where the firm where I was working, which was just a small firm. I remember I and we'll get into the details in a bit, but I I did it at work. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, okay, yeah. And since we're talking about these ethics tests, uh, we'll just we'll just go into detail a little bit here. But they're 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 actually very straightforward. They're they're entirely multiple choice. Yeah. They're open book. And what that and what I mean by open book is that 
you're provided materials that will have the information that will help you answer the questions. But it's it's kind of tricky because it's it's not it's not a walk in a park. Like the ethics exam is actually quite difficult. You have to get 90% of the answers, or I'm sorry, you have to answer 90% of the questions correctly. And it is kind of notoriously difficult. Like these ethics questions, there's like, you know, it's it's the classic, there's two very, you know, there's there's two answers that are very, very possibly likely, and you just have to pick right. the right one. And lots right. of people don't pick the right one. So it's it's a tough it's a well, tough test, even if it's open book. Well, it- and they get into the nitty gritty of some of the stupid rules about independence where it's like, yep. so if you are, are you independent if your second cousin <laughs> yeah. owns an immaterial amount of shares in a company that you didn't audit, but that your firm is auditing? And it's like, yes. oh, Jesus, I let me. OK, yeah. And so, so you have to, you know, you so if you, you it's yeah, it's the minutia is what they're what they're after. Uh, and that's I it must be why they justify the fact that it's open book. Yep. And the other thing that's important is that you can't waste a ton of time in terms of waiting to pass this ethics exam because I believe most jurisdictions require you to pass it either within a year or two of when you passed your last section of the CPA. So if you're working a ton of hours at a CPA firm, those one or two years, they can go by fast. They can. Although I, how quick did you take yours? I took mine immediately. More or less immediately. But like I was working, I took, but yeah. see, here's, here's, here's where I, I, I can, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I took the test in the fall. I f- didn't get uh-huh. my results until the following February. So it was my first for the busy- ethics exam. Uh, no, 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 no. For my CPA exam. So oh, like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't get my results. So nowadays, people get their results back real fast. Relative, like less. Yeah, than, like in like in a month, basically, right? Or yeah, I think more. so. Yeah, yeah. So back with for the written exam, it was um, it was more like four months, and okay. So only then do I think I took the ethics exam after that. So it was in the middle of my right. first busy season, but I do remember like getting on it right away. Like I remember not wasting any time, but I have heard stories about people who are not messing around, but like they just put it off. They just procrastinate yeah. and then like time right. gets chewed up and then they're like running up against the deadline, yeah. whether it's a year or two years or whatever it is. Yeah. You can't, you can't really do that. You're, you're, you're better off just getting it out of the way. Yeah. It well, it's uh, back in the paper pencil uh, days when you had to take it, it must have been difficult to know which carrier pigeon had your results and not one of your co-workers' results. Did that mess you up at all? It didn't personally mess me up, but okay, I can I can imagine that this was something that happened from time to time. Okay, well, one way or another, that's that's a great <laughs> sum up of yeah. the uh, of the ethics portion. Uh, you know, the, the ethics requirement for becoming a licensed CPA in, in pretty much every state in the, in the mm-hmm. country. Uh, but let's say, uh, let, let's, let's go ahead and jump into the actual case we're talking about for this episode, because it's, it's marvelous. It's what, marvelous. What yeah. happened. It, it is. It's yeah. It's jaw droppingly, uh, stupid and marvelous and all of that. So 
the summary of the SEC order, which we have in the show notes, uh, it has all the details, but but here's a here's a pull quote from that summary, and it says that 49 Ernst & Young audit professionals sent and or received answer keys to CPA ethics exams. In addition, hundreds of other audit professionals cheated on CPE courses, including those addressing CPA's ethical obligations and a significant number of EY professionals who did not cheat themselves but knew their colleagues were cheating and facilitating cheating, violated the firm's code of conduct by failing to report this misconduct. So if you know somebody's cheating on their CPE, you're supposed to narc them out. That's in the code of conduct at Ernst & Young. Make sense, Caleb? Makes perfect sense, Greg. Yeah. And it's also, you know, like we said, the, this, this whole cheating about cheating and lying about cheating on cheating, it's, it's like too ironic to, it sounds too ironic to be even real. It sounds uh, so ironic. It, it couldn't even be an Alanis Morissette uh, song. It's because it's actually ironic and not just unfortunate. It's even absurd and ridiculous. And, and we're and here for it. Here's the we're thing. here for it, Greg. Right. We're totally, we're we are. Totally and s- but the SEC, like it was so weird. The SEC had a hard time even believing what was happening. Uh, Gerber Gruel, the director of the SEC's enforcement division, is quoted in a press release as saying, it's simply outrageous that the very professionals responsible for catching cheating by clients cheated themselves on ethics exams of all things. And it's equally shocking that Ernst & Young hindered our investigation of this misconduct. This action should serve as a clear message that the SEC will not tolerate integrity failures by independent auditors who choose the easier wrong over the harder right, which he probably felt pretty smug about that last turn of phrase. Yeah. And clearly, but but that's also that's also SEC speak for we're super pissed about what you yeah, did. Yeah, they sound real mad. Yeah. Okay, Greg. Here's a rundown of everything from the SEC SEC order, because I think there's some necessary background and context so the listeners can fully understand why this cheating scandal is so ridiculous. This episode of Oh My Fraud is sponsored by Trimerit. It seems like every week a new questionable ERC mill pops up offering small businesses a way to get $26,000 from the government for each one of their employees. We've all seen Twitter ads, Facebook ads, ads in podcasts, ads on Instagram, ads on TV shows, and I even personally know a guy here in Utah who's been charged with fraud for false ERC claims totaling $11 million. These questionable ERC mills are coming hard after your clients. If they haven't reached them already, they will soon. And based on the stories I've been hearing from accountants, the IRS will be reaching out to them soon too. This is why when it comes to ERC, it's important to have the right people, the right process, and the right partner. Introducing TriMerit. TriMerit is a team of CPAs, engineers, and attorneys that function as an extension of your tax advisory team. 
They can help your clients with ERC, R&D tax credits, cost segregation, energy credits or deductions, and the work opportunity credit. And working with them is as easy as one, two, three. One, they offer a no-cost feasibility analysis. Two, they document all tax incentive studies to ensure that your clients meet all requirements. And three, they offer audit representation to ensure your clients aren't left hanging if audited by the IRS. To learn more about adding TriMerit to your team, head over to ohmyfraud.promo slash TriMerit. That's ohmyfraud.promo forward slash T-R-I-M-E-R-I-T. You ready? Yeah, lay it on us. Okay. Way back. Oh, and by the way, we didn't mention it earlier on, but Ernst & Young, if you are not familiar, I know many of the listeners are, but some of you may not be. Ernst & Young is one of the largest accounting firms in the world. Uh, I think it's the third yeah. largest, the third largest firm in the world, if I'm not mistaken. The, yeah, that's my understanding. Third, yep. Yeah, number three. They have offices in well over 100 countries. Um, the U.S. firm is the largest firm. And um, I, I think the revenues for the U.S. firm is around like 13 or $14 billion. Uh, so, I mean, they make gobs and gobs and gobs of money. Yeah, 13 or 14 billion with a B. Yeah, that's, and that's just in the US. Yeah. Globally, it's like Staggering. it's over yeah, it's over 40 billion dollars or something. I mean, it's a huge yeah. huge firm and they employ hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, tens of thousands in the US. Uh it's a it's a big big firm. So, big name. Big yeah. name. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, way back I'm on in board. Yeah, radio man. Way back in December 2014, An internal EY whistleblower reported a flaw in the firm's software that allowed people to pass CPE exams without the required number of correct answers. So again, a little bit of explanation, maybe if you aren't familiar, once you're licensed as a CPA, you have to earn a certain number of what they call continuing professional education credits or CPE. You'll hear us mention it a bunch. But you have to have a certain number of hours every year uh, to keep your license active. And you have to do things like listen to a podcast uh, to uh, Uh earn those hours. Greg, you're still an active CPA. How many hours do you have to get in a year? We have to get 80 every two years. So it's okay. Which, which, I mean, that's standard. Wherever I I just talked to a guy from Ohio, he's got to get 120 every three years. Okay. Uh, But in Ohio, it's a, you have to get, you can't leave all 120 till the very end. You have to get at least 20 every year. But basically, everywhere in that, as far as I know, everywhere in the United States, it's it averages out to 40 credits per year is what you need to keep your license active. Great, got it. Okay, cool. So these EY employees, they're trying to earn the CPE credit so that they can keep their licenses active, and they figure out that there's a glitch in the system that lets them cheat to get it done. So this uh-huh. is happening in 2014. And after this whistleblower reports this flaw and they, the, the firm does an investigation, they learned that from 2012 to 2015, more than 200 Ernst & Young professionals in multiple offices had exploited this glitch to pass CPE exams. Okay. And as a result yeah. of this, Ernst & Young punished a lot of these people and reminded, and reminded everyone that cheating is bad. 
Okay? Not cool. Violates our code of conduct, et cetera, et cetera. So far, so good? Yeah, more or less. I mean, first off, I, I it's it's always completely ineffective to send out an email to everyone in the company going, hey, just heads up, doing bad things is bad. We just want to make sure that you knew our official position on this. Right. So that's 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 a little bit ridiculous. But I also, I mean, this is this is me more taking a softer approach on this because you you said that the glitch in the system was you you could pass the CPE exams with a lower score than what like is required by the the regulatory bodies that regulate CPE. But I I I could see it if you're a, an employee at Ernst and Young taking some Ernst and Young CPE and you it shows you your score and maybe you got 60 right. Cause usually uh, most CP, my understanding is you got to get 80% right to get credit for your CP, maybe 70% somewhere around there. But let's yep. say you got, you got just a little bit below what you should have gotten to. Well, and I don't know, that's, that's even a tell right there. I don't know what the exact percent is you have to get on a CPE exam. And I take CPE exams all the time. I, but when it says I pass, I go, oh, hooray, I pass. Cool. I don't have to retake that quiz. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I give the software the benefit of the doubt that it's smarter than me. So if it said you got, you got 55% right, you passed, I'd go, okay, that seems low, but cool. So I will take my CPE and I will move on. Yep. Um, I'm probably not going to go to my higher ups and go, Hey, you know, I noticed this thing where I got a lower score than I thought should give me credit, but it still give me credit. I'm not supposed to have credit, right? That that's the, you know, that's the kid in school who asks the teacher if they forgot to give out homework at the end of the day when the teacher hadn't given out homework that day. So, so I, I mean, I, I can kind of, I, I can see, I, I can give the, some of the Ernst and Young people a break for think, I think just because you got a lower score than was required doesn't necessarily mean that you were acting nefariously. That's that's basically what I'm getting at. You're allowing for a more nuanced yes. kind of situation. Yes. Although, at the same time, once that glitch was found out by Ernst & Young, the right thing for them to do would be to go back to all their employees and go, hey, so you know how you got that 55% and it said you passed? You didn't, so you need to go do it again. That's right. that's the other side of it is that Ernst & Young itself may have been acting nefariously or not taking full responsibility once they did figure out that that glitch happened. Right. All right. So despite the firm warning its employees about cheating, the cheating continued. And what? In, yeah, yeah. In 2016, and again, remember, this is all from the SEC order. Uh, in 2016, Ernst Young learned that people in its Denver office had shared answer keys to CPE exams. Okay? To slightly different. Ba those bastards. Slightly different method, but cheating nonetheless, Greg. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. And finally, in 2017, the firm learned that two people had cheated on their ethics exams. And Two people. Wait, so what yeah. what's the head count at a place like Ernst and Young? We're talking like oh thousands, right? I mean, nationwide it's in the tens of thousands. Um and, okay, but, like, and, but they found two. Yes. 
and like I I don't remember. You'd have to go back to the order for like this particular instance in 2017, because this is specifically right. talking about one year. But they they had learned that yeah. two people yeah, had yeah. cheated on their ethics exams. And right. now, Greg, some more cheating uh, going on. What do you suppose the firm did next? They they uh they they put the two people who cheated on a YouTube video where they berated them uh, publicly to let the rest of the uh, Ernst & Young staff uh, learn from their example. Yeah, there was a flogging. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, more or yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a tarring no. and feathering I'm, I'm right. envisioning. Uh, if only. I, God, I wish. That would be... Uh, would have made those going concern... <laughs> my going concern days so much easier. No, they just they just sent out another fucking email and just told people not to cheat. Like, <laughs> Don't, stop. Knock it off. That was, knock the, it off, that guys. was the email. That was, yeah, pretty much. So, okay. On June 17th, 20, so, we're, so we're jumping ahead a little bit here. Uh, on June 17th, 2019, the Securities and Exchange Commission issued an order against another firm, KPMG. Uh, full disclosure, I used to work there. I for, thought that, I, I was going, that was you, right, Caleb? But you I wasn't there, there in I wasn't there, I wasn't there in 2019, but. When did you when did you stop working for KP? It was it wasn't even in the teens. You were still in the oh, aughts no, when you were no, out at no, KPMG. No, no. That was that was long ago. No, I my tenure ended there in um, two thousand eight. Okay, so this yeah. was long before, long before long, anyone started cheating at KPMG. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Anyway, so again, June seventeenth, twenty nineteen. The SEC issues an order against KPMG for among other things cheating on internal training exams and they find KPMG 50 million dollars. 2 days can later. Can I can I stop for just a, can I stop for just a second about Sure. That? Sure. Um I do think even so even knowing how much revenue these companies make a fine for 50 million dollars for cheating on training exams yep seems like a, it's not a slap on the wrist. That's that. That's it. That I mean, it seems gigantic for the infraction of cheating on on continuing education. Do you? Do, did you feel that same way? What What do you? What's your sense on that? I don't know. Like, I feel like the the. I feel like these agencies they have kind of like formulas or. I, I don't know. They they have to come up with these numbers somehow. They just don't pull them out of the air, right? But in yeah. the case of this, well, I mean, I don't know. It's like this was also around the time that KPMG got busted for stealing. Like they they were um they were cheating on their PCAOB inspections. So right. it's just one of those <laughs> things where you're just like fifty million, but. You, but because you know but, the size of the firm, cheating. it just feels like it always it always feels like a slap on the wrist to me because the firm because the right. fines are small and the firms are so big right. it will it just always yeah. feels like a slap on the wrist to me yeah yeah i mean you're talking a fraction of one percent of the revenue oh, yes is yes. 50 50 million dollars but yeah. on the other but see i would think if you're cheating on your p to me cheating on your pcaob reviews the pcaob the mm -hmm. public company accounting o oversight board that they're the ones who make sure that they're supposed to be like a uh a regulatory quality control group for auditors. Yep. And so they're double checking the auditor's work to make sure the auditors are doing their audits. They're auditing the auditors is what they're doing. Correct. And so if you're lying to the auditors who are auditing your 
audits, that seems like a bigger deal yes. than oh, I I I got I got some help getting through the jumping through these hoops at work. That right. because that's yeah, and 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 I got more to say about the jumping through hoops at work, but still, I feel like fifty million dollars, which was only half of what Ernst and Young got dinged, mm -hmm. is both of those are staggering just for cheating on CPE. To me, to yeah. me, I feel like they are. But but yeah. you're also right that it's not big picture that the those firms are just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode of Oh My Fraud is sponsored by Liveflow. Did you hear the news? Liveflow just launched a new consolidation product. Liveflow power user Beth Melcher of MoneyFit said that Liveflow's consolidation is saving her team 15 to 20 minutes per client every week and eliminates the use of formulas. Liveflow's automated multi-entity consolidation is simple to use. You can easily map multiple unmatching charts of accounts from multiple QuickBooks Online companies into one standardized report. And once it's set up, Liveflow works its magic, updating the consolidations automatically in real time, so you can focus on analysis using instantly updated data across entities. Liveflow can even consolidate financials that are in different currencies, and the possibilities don't stop there. Liveflow empowers you with flexible, powerful reporting tools to create customized dashboards that meet your specific needs. Build executive presentations, cash flow forecasts, and more with just a few clicks. Stop grueling over manual consolidation reports and to get 25% off your first three months, be one of the first 10 listeners to head over to ohmyfraud.promo slash liveflow. That's ohmyfraud.promo forward slash L-I-V-E-F-L-O-W. Okay, so SEC issues this order against KPMG. Two days later, June 19th, EY's U.S. chair and managing partner sends a message out to all its employees and says, hey, don't cheat <laughs> on CPE stuff, uh, okay? Yeah. That so another warning about cheating, okay? That right. same day, June 19th, the Securities and Exchange Commission inquired of EY if it had, quote, received any ethics or whistleblower complaints regarding testing associated with any EY training program or continuing professional education course, end of quote. So what I'm guessing here is the SEC said, hmm, maybe let's just ask around and see if these other firms have had any, uh, you know, similar things happen. Right. right. That's my guess. Right. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly reasonable thing to do. And so that's what they did. Absolutely. So, so e yeah. EY got the request and they responded the next day, June 20th. And they in that response, they described five matters relating to cheating. One of those included the two ethics exam cheaters from 2017 that we mentioned a little earlier. Okay. Mm -hmm. This response did not mention anything about any current issues with cheating. Okay. Okay. So you might be yep. wondering, well, what about that? Why is that important? Well, the day before they submitted that response to the SEC, again, this is so they they responded on the 20th. So on June 19th, an employee reported to a manager that a professional in the firm's audit group had emailed the employee answers to a CPA ethics exam. <laughs> that afternoon, the manager informed an EY human resources employee of the tip which was then relayed to others in EY's 
Human Resources Group. Okay. Okay. So on the 20th, they said they they just didn't say that there was any current issues with cheating, but the day before that, uh, some issues with cheating had just been brought to their attention. Uh yes, correct. And then Marvelous. Yep. And then the next this next bit here, senior Ernst & Young attorneys got the SEC's request on June 19th, like we said, they reviewed the response that was submitted on June 20th. And by no later than June 21st, the next day, those that the senior EY attorneys knew about the June 19th tip about the employee uh, who had received the answers to the ethics exam. Okay. So with that in mind, I, cause that was one of the things I was thinking, it's like, okay, if on the 19th, somebody uh, says, Hey, some, some knucklehead sent me some, some stuff to cheat on an ethics exam. I could see in, especially in a giant organization like Ernst and Young, that it would take, a, it would take a beat for yep. it to get from the initial whistleblower to the upper management. And then since they had submitted their thing the day before the, these guys actually heard about it, I could see them going, well, that was actually, you know, it, what's that? The thing that you sign it is like everything to above the best this of my is, knowledge. is true. Exactly. To the best. To the and best it was on knowledge, June 20th. Yes. But on June 21st, and that's it. And I go, these guys are attorneys and they're going, oh, yeah, yeah, to the best of our knowledge. That was right. So uh, right. timing was pretty good on this, that we <laughs> didn't receive this information till June 21st. Right. Pushes up glasses. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just curious what you think, Greg. I think everything you're saying is valid and and knowing lawyers or or knowing lawyers' reputation, fair or unfair, uh, I think everything you said is probably relative is probably pretty accurate. But what do you think, Greg Kai, is actually the prudent move here? Or as they say in Frozen Two, what is the next right thing? Uh well, since they cheated on the ethics CPE, I'm gonna say that these guys didn't know ethics so i guess they were more like into the unknown also from frozen 2 you're not the only person who had children who were of the right demographic to be enamored with frozen 2 i also had although yours are just getting into it right but just this is fresh for it. you yeah it's very fresh right uh but no but but here's the here's the thing so uh all of that aside uh, and you know this Caleb because we've talked about ethics tons uh, yep. transparency is the silver bullet for ethics. If right. you, when in doubt, tell people what you know. So regardless of the fact that the attorney cited the thing that says, to the best of my knowledge, the foregoing information is perfectly accurate. The next day they find stuff up. Transparency is the right answer. They needed to follow that up with another communication to the SEC going, Hey, I know we just sent you something yesterday, but weird. We just found about out about this stuff today. And that would have been just just by and again i i get it that ernst and young especially seeing the kpmg got fined 50 million dollars their butts were puckered up about this whole thing and they absolutely didn't want to narc themselves out but that's that's not the right approach to go with this stuff because because caleb all of this stuff is everyone's actions on all of this is to maintain the reputation of CPAs in the marketplace. That's why that's why the SEC wants to fine companies $50 million and $100 million for cheating on uh, on internal uh, professional education courses because 
any cheating is going to undermine what they're doing, which is the whole irony of the entire thing that people who are looking that, that as an auditor, you're looking for other people who are cheating. And when you yourself are cheating, then all of a sudden it, it, you're, you're, you're no good to anybody at that point. But also the CPA firm themselves ha has to realize that their reputation is based on their being ethical. And so then you go, okay, maybe we're going to try to cover it up so nobody ever figures out about this stuff. But when you get caught, you're double damned and they played their cards wrong. And again, if you go, if they had just played along, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have become this big fucking deal that it was. You with me? Totally Hello? with you. Yes, Caleb? absolutely. But that's not what happened, Greg. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. No, not what happened. Not at all. Absolutely not. So it, what, it, what Anderson Young did instead, uh, and again, according to the SEC order that we, that we have mentioned before, the, they, uh, the tip EY's submission failed to include involved cheating on CPA ethics exams. It was sufficiently concerning to the firm that it began an extensive investigation. Yet despite the message from EY's U.S. chair and managing partner only two days earlier about the importance of integrity and honesty, that's the email we were talking about, EY did not correct its submission to the SEC's enforcement division. And as you've kind of established this, Greg, but do you think it's weird that they didn't correct that submission? I, I get the sense that you don't yeah. think, you think you, you, you think it is weird, but it's actually not weird. Yeah, it's, well, the, the, we, I mean, again, it's, it's hypocrisy and it's irony because yeah. like, like that, like the order says, it's like two days ago, Hey, higher ups at Ernst and Young, you just sent an email out saying, Hey, let's, let's be honest with, in what we're doing. And then two days later, you're like, Hey, but yeah, let's not, let's not tell them about this cheating thing that's going on. That's here. just, so that's it's, just between us. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, and again, you know, it's one of those things where I get it, how they can rationalize it, where it's like, well, we're not lying. We're just not being completely forthright. And it's like, it's the same fucking thing. Right. And, and they know it's the same fucking thing. And especially as auditors, they need to know it's the same fucking thing because that's because they're, they're trying, they're, they're, their job is to pin, to have professional skepticism and to pin their clients to the wall, even though that's a whole nother story as to whether or not they're actually independent from their clients that pay them. And if they really will pin them to the wall, but in theory, that's what they do. And they're, they would in no way take the explanation of, well, it's not that we lied. We just, you didn't ask the right question or you didn't ask the question on the right day. Right. So it's all, it's, it's all a timing. And it's a timing difference. You know, exactly, exactly. And then the other thing is that I'm sure, I'm sure, and, and, and again, even my bias in this direction was revealed earlier in our conversation, but they probably saw CPE as just being red tape, just being hoops yeah. that you got to jump through and not really being important. So they, they were like, you know, this is, this is kind of, we're, we're still good at what we do, even if we don't jump through the hoops that, that are required of us. But that and that and that's that's pervasive in our profession and i guess maybe there was still some uh uh what is it 
What's the what's the first day? Denial. Maybe there was still some denial that the SEC really was that serious about enforcing things like cheating on internal uh, training exams, even after seeing KPMG getting dinged by it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 weird. It- this episode of Oh My Fraud is sponsored by Patriot. Patriot Software creates accounting and payroll software that radically simplifies the day-to-day complexities that American businesses and their accountants face. Patriot is seamlessly integrated under one login, easy to use, and affordable. And they rank number one for ease of use, customer support, features, and value for the money by users. Patriot's accounting software is a cloud-based, full-featured accounting general ledger that gives your clients the simplicity they need, but the power you require. Patriot has patented dual-ledger accounting, so you can quickly switch between cash basis, modified cash basis, or accrual accounting, and a chart of accounts that can have unlimited sub-accounts and nest up to eight accounts deep. Patriot's payroll software lets you run payroll in three easy steps, offers free two-day direct deposit, and their full-service payroll offers a tax filing guarantee. Accounting professionals can partner with Patriot and receive discounted pricing that increases as you add more clients. Support located in the USA, free co-branding, and free accounting and payroll for your firm. Join thousands of accounting professionals who trust Patriot with their clients' accounting and payroll and get a 30-day free trial. Head on over to ohmyfraud.promo slash patriot. That's ohmyfraud.promo forward slash p-a-t-r-i-o-t. It's weird even though I think I can get inside their head and figure out maybe how they justified it to themselves. But... Regardless of all of that, Ernst & Young started its own investigation that revealed, again, in the SEC order, uh, quote, significant misconduct. And here's a, here's a larger pull quote from the, from the order again. It says, despite all of the warnings, EY audit professionals had continued to cheat by using answer keys that they had received from colleagues to pass exams and sharing answer keys with others. The investigation confirmed that audit professionals in multiple offices cheated on CPA ethics exams. They also cheated on a wide variety of CPE courses, including courses on ethics. And why did they cheat? Well, the SEC says this. Many professionals acknowledged during the firm's investigation that they knew their conduct violated EY's code of conduct, but they cheated because of work commitments or an inability to pass training exams after multiple attempts. Ugh. And, right, which, well. Too what's, busy. What's your knee-jerk? Too, too busy. Right. Had to cheat because I was busy. Right, At which is is BS, but also it's not because yep. you, you know from, I mean, you know because you're in, in a big four firm and you mm-hmm. know from all of the horror stories that people sent into you when you were at Going Concern, that it they're not wrong when you're when you're required during busy season to work sixty billable hours per week, you're yep. probably going to be uh, passing a passing another CPE test is probably pretty low on your to do list, right? It sure is. Yes. Yeah. 
the the part that's to me is people who had an inability to pass these exams after multiple attempts because yeah having taken hundreds and hundreds of hours of continuing pro- professional education none of the exams are that hard i mean they're 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 so basic. It's just like were you half paying attention? It's not like what we said about the original CPA licensure ethics exam, where it is right. very detailed. For for just the training exams, it's usually like yeah, as long as your head wasn't up your butt or you weren't sleeping, you you should be able to get at least a passing score on the on the exam. Right? That's my experience. Is your was yours similar to that? That tracks for me, man. Okay. Even yeah. even for KPMG internal training, it was still the same yeah, where, where the exams yeah, were Yeah, I mean, like, and especially in the matters of, like, I mean, unless you're being tested, like, as the example you gave earlier, is like, unless you're being tested on, like, the specifics of independence, which audit firms do, they, they do have to, you, you, do, you did have to pass those, and they still have to pass those on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And those can be tricky. Right. But even still. Yeah. You can pass them eventually. Like they're not so right. difficult. Right. That it would be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, this is my 13th attempt and I'm still, it's like, it shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, come on. Right. It's the right. same now, test every time. Full, di- full disclosure, back in the day, this was back in uh, 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to pass the QuickBooks Advanced Pro Advisor exam. Oh. And I probably took it 20 times and failed every single time on that. So, I I also know there are some that are just beasts, but but in my defense, just the regular because that was the advanced pro advisor test, just the regular pro advisor test, I I passed that, and I think I'd opened QuickBooks like a total of twelve times. So oh. I, I there's yeah there's different different levels, but all that but, said, what about, uh, let's talk about yeah yes, let's talk about those. What about those professionals who knew about the cheating? And didn't report it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why didn't they speak up, Greg? Right. Because uh, as we said in an earlier quote from the, the report, is that, that that itself is a violation of Ernst Young's code of conduct. So again, another pull quote from this order. It says, many of these EY professionals attributed their silence to a lack of appreciation that sharing exam answers constituted cheating and violated Ernst and Young's code of conduct and a desire to avoid getting colleagues in trouble. So they were saying, Hey, I didn't know that telling people the answers to a test that they haven't taken yet. I didn't know that was cheating bullshit. And I didn't know that Ernst and Young had some kind of code of conduct that said that I couldn't help people cheat bullshit. And the, uh, the probably the biggest thing is I didn't want to narc out my friends. Cause you know, stitches get snitches and, or Yeah. I'm going to stay with snitches get stitched or close enough. I just fucked up my fucking, thing. uh, and that, you know, as, as children were told not to tattle on our friends. So, right. Um, right. So, so that last part I think is the one part that holds all told 91 audit professionals requested, used or shared answer keys with colleagues after EY's U.S. chair and managing partner sent the message highlighting the SEC enforcement action against KPMG, yet again reminding personnel not to cheat, and yet again discussing the importance of integrity. So their their idea of how to squash this was completely, clearly, completely ineffective. 
Now remember, senior EY lawyers knew that their submission to the SEC was incomplete pretty quickly. They learned of the tip about cheating on the ethics exams the day after uh, their report was submitted, but and they did not correct it. Those senior EY lawyers did, however, inform the firm's executive committee and senior management. And here's a quick recap of what all of those people knew, okay? In October yep. of 2019, three months after the submission, EY's senior management knew that, number one, the SEC had sanctioned KPMG for exam cheating by its professionals. Uh, they knew that the SEC staff had asked EY about tips it had received involving exam-related misconduct. They also knew that EY had received a tip about sharing answer keys to the CPA ethics exam. They also knew that the cheating involved more than a small number of individuals in a single office, and the firm had not disclosed the tip that they received. They had not disclosed that to the SEC. So with all that, the firm then broadened its investigation, according to the order, but they still didn't correct their submission from June. So three months have gone by and they haven't corrected their submission. And they, but their investigation has continued and the scope of it has gotten bigger. And so, and so but why right. are they doing this, right? So, so why haven't they corrected the record with the SEC? Well, here's what the order says. EY decided to inform the PCAOB, okay, uh, who we talked about a little bit earlier. However, it would yeah. not do so yet EY decided to delay disclosing the misconduct even to the PCAOB until the extent of the misconduct within the firm was clearer and EY had a credible plan in place to address the problem. Okay. So, Greg, is that a good reason to not tell them about the tip that they got about the ethics exam cheating? Are you are you buying the logic? Are you buying the logic here? of these internal EY leaders? Short answer, no. It's not, it's not a good, that, that's not a good reason. However, I also, if I put myself into their position and go, especially, you know, once, once they make the initial decision to not immediately go back to the SEC and go, hey, a day after we put in that, that thing, we found out some more information, then you can start maybe trying to cover your ass by going, yeah, we were, we were looking into it internally to try because if it was just one person who received the these you know the, this answer key, then that's not a big deal. But we wanted to see if it was a bigger a bigger issue than that. We wanted to do a thorough investigation to see just how far this went, and then we were going to tell you everything that we found out about it. But you should have been like, "Hey, no, we we found this out. Please, you know, please hold while we find <laughs> out the extent of yes. it." So that that that's how the that 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 would have been the right way to do things. But again, I think they were very motivated by the, the, again, their, their butts being puckered up with what happened to KPMG. I yep. also think they probably, it, it's the, the, this principle that a, an old boss of my used to say, where he said, uh, deliver bad news quickly, because the longer you take to deliver the bad news, like the worse it becomes. If you don't, if you don't say it right away, if, if you wait, a week to tell somebody what you knew the day after you submitted that, then everybody's going to go, why did you wait a week to tell me that stuff? Right. So it, like the bad news, even though the bad news doesn't change, it gets worse the longer you wait to tell it. 
And I think they knew that. So then they were trying to figure out a way to, to make it, you know, to, to take that, that dynamic away, at least with a story that they, and, and, and again, I also could see where Ernst and Young legitimately did want to go, Hey, let's figure out if this is a big problem or just a little teeny problem before we hang ourselves out to dry. So that, that part kind of makes sense to me. So when EY finally disclosed this, as we said, they went to the PCAOB first. And on the one hand, that kind of makes sense because the PCAOB is the auditor regulator. But the SEC is the one who made the inquiry. So maybe it doesn't make sense at all. In any case, the right. SEC was not happy that this is the route that they took or, the, or, the, or that's, that's how they handled it. And the SEC, they didn't even find out about it until March of 2020. So that's almost nine months after the June 19th, 2019 request. And the SEC actually only found out because the PCAOB notified the SEC that, the e that EY had disclosed that number, that a number of their employees had cheated on these exams. So they didn't even get it. They didn't even get it firsthand. Right. And that to me... And that, that's where it, Ernst and Young stuff seems shady to me, yeah. where it's like, okay, so we, we told, we told the SEC, uh, a half truth and now let's tell the whole truth. So it's like, we, we were talking with mom and, and we told her what, I mean, we, we didn't lie to her, but we didn't, we didn't really totally tell. So, but we told dad everything. And yep. so, 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 so collectively we told our parents everything is what they right. what they think but they but they didn't they were just trying to not get in i mean that seems more calculated than like that that seems not just more that seems absolutely calculated in them trying to trying to kn knowing that they screwed up and trying to still somehow weasel their way out of it yeah and when you read the sec the excuse me when you read the sec order i mean you can tell they're pissed and I, I love reading SEC. Yeah. I love right, reading these SEC orders, and and they're like this all the time. Like any, no matter what you're reading about, like the subtext of it is so good. Like who I, I don't know, somebody <laughs> over there knows what they're doing. But anyway, here's here's a good quote: uh, By withholding information about misconduct that EY knew SEC staff was investigating, EY's continued misrepresentations to the SEC's Division of Enforcement significantly hindered the SEC's ability to take action that would protect investors from audit professionals who do not understand their ethical obligations, fail to act with appropriate professional integrity, and have not met or needed to cheat in order to meet minimum professional requirements to demonstrate their knowledge of important accounting principles. So they're like really getting on their high horse about it. <laughs> and they're, right. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. Uh, you guys are in a position of authority and responsibility. And yeah. oh, by the way, you're fucking terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, if you had just read that slightly in in a more stern tone, yeah, it would it would it would be it'd be like by withholding the information about misconduct that EY knew SEC staff was investigating, Erson Young continued misrepresentation and their total dipshits and fucked. I don't. I mean, we we should maybe you yeah. and I should do a dramatic reading of these or something. I think it'd be, it'd be kind of fun. That that'd be great. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So for all this cheating and all this pussyfooting around the cheating, the SEC, as we mentioned, 
fined EY $100 million. This was the largest fine ever imposed by the SEC on an audit firm, for what it's worth. Um, And that... and. And that's crazy to me too. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you think of the massive audit failures oh. of gigantic firms that the biggest fine ever imposed was for cheating on CPE. That, I mean, that's again, it's, it's crazy to me to think that if you think about Lehman Brothers who went bankrupt in 2008, EY was the auditor of Lehman Brothers. Okay. There was a lot of shady stuff going on at Lehman Brothers that eventually led to its bankruptcy. EY. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was the bankruptcy examiner, like the person who basically does the autopsy of the bankrupt company. Th- at the time, that person or that law firm issued a report that said, "Yeah, there's there's claims against EY here. Like they are not they are not uh, absolved of uh, responsibility." And like you're telling me that this fine is bigger than whatever the fine was that EY paid? Because they certainly paid a fine. I'm sure they did. I have to look it up. Right. I don't know off the top of my head. But like right. this fine is bigger than the Lehman Brothers fine? Like that's crazy yeah. to me. Right. It's, it's like, hey, remember that thing that arguably sparked the biggest recession that's ever going to happen in any of our lifetimes? Yeah, that was cute. But what we're really pissed off about is cheating on tests. And <laughs> yep. that's that's sort of what, that's sort of the message. It's kind of, it's kind of the, the 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 vibe I'm getting here. Anyway, yeah. In addition to the fine, EY also agreed to to they, the the firm agreed to several quote unquote undertakings, which included reviewing its policies and procedures around ethics and integrity, delivering they have to deliver a written report to the SEC summarizing any changes that it will make uh, and implement uh, related to that review. Right. Which is like we will send out we will send out emails reminding people <laughs> yeah. to be ethical. Once a quarter rather yep. than once a year. That's right. Yep. And they also had to retain, they also have to retain an independent consultant to review all of it, uh, who will also write a report and submit that work and recommendations to the SEC. And I mean, all this, like all these gory details are in the order. Um, and if, if you care to read all that stuff. Uh, but I just have to say, Greg, this is, this is quite a mess, man. It's kind of a, yeah. it's a fine mess is what it is. And I think my favorite quote that I read about uh, this story was in the Wall Street Journal, and it came from a Stanford law professor by the name of Joseph Grunfest. And he told the journal, quote, this conduct was more than just dishonest. It was remarkably stupid. And he went on, the stupidity might actually trump the dishonesty if that's possible in this situation. So, Greg, did we learn anything? I mean, th- there's some obvious things, right? Dishonest? Yes. Remarkably stupid? Absolutely. But I'm just wondering what else is on your mind here, if we learned anything. Well, this this reinforces something that I, that I, I mean, that I researched. I'm going to put research in quotes, but I researched a, a long time ago about cheating on continuing education and that it is endemic in the accounting professional. Do you, do you remember the article that I wrote for going concern about, uh, about CPE fraud? I don't. Oh my gosh. Now I oh, want to go back and read it. Oh, it was, I, okay. It, it Again. was it, the, the article itself was fine, but yep. what was the best part? Because that's the, 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 what I found was the most interesting thing of what you created on going concern 
was this very active a group of uh, consumers of the media that you put out who were very very willing to uh, to throw all of their dissatisfaction about the profession back at us in the in the uh, in the comments. Yep. So I so I wrote this I wrote this post about how continuing education fraud is just is rampant in the profession and and we got so many uh well well I, I actually gathered a bunch of, of stories for the post that I wrote one of which was great that there was a there was like a somebody who who earned 40 hours of continuing education in a 20 in one day and so so they earned 40 hours of CD wait is that how it works in 24 24- <laughs> Yeah. Well, well that, that, and, and like my, my, my thought was this guy cheated so hard that he literally broke the time space continuum. That's how, that's how hard that guy was cheating. Wow. So, so you get these stories, but then in the, in the, in the comments, it was crazy. There was actually someone who said that as an intern at, I believe it was at a big four firm, it, they were driving in a car. They like they're the partner who was in charge of whatever engagement they were on was driving these interns and these these you know lower level staff members to a to an engagement and in the car on the car phone on the speaker that the the partner calls his wife who's also a CPA and says hey honey were you able to pass that CP that, that ethics CPE test for me so he so like very publicly going hey babe you cheated on that ethics exam. Did you do it? Are we good? Am I am I good to go on that? And with that is showing these impressionable young staff people and interns that that's absolutely acceptable to do that kind of stuff in our profession. And and there was a, you know there, even to the point where there was a guy who he 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 let his license lapse now, so it's not as big of a deal. But back when he still had an active CPA license, he told me. That every, because like I said in Utah, every two years we have to have 80, 80 credits of CP. He said every year in the week between Christmas and New Year's, and this this was before like uh, online based uh, CPE was so so ubiquitous. So back then he he would be like I in the week between Christmas and New Year I would just order a whole bunch of self study CPE. I wouldn't mm-hmm. read any of it. I would just go and take the quizzes for all of it, and I'd yep. use like the the uh, the index to find the answers and the stuff. And he's like, yeah, I could burn through 80, 80 credits easy in a week do, doing that. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's cheating. That's not, you didn't get 80 hours of continuing education. You passed, you, you half-assed it and, and, and used a workaround to, to find, to not learn an hour's worth of material, but to learn the answers to five questions. Right. So, um, so yeah, so, so it's everywhere. And, which and that that's the whole problem that we're talking about in this case but what i what's really disturbing about that is is really the underlying concern that everybody has about this and and what we find when you start looking at uh behavioral psychology is that unethical behavior primes you for more unethical behavior so mm-hmm. even if you even if you feel like it's very benign to cheat on uh, your continuing education, that still primes you to cheat in other areas as well. And it, and so you might go, it's no big deal to cheat on my continuing education, but it is a big deal if now you're more likely to sign off early on an audit for a company mm-hmm. that's 
that's uh, committing fraud or that's whose financial statements are misleading. And again, I, I see this all it's it, because, because that's the, that's the concern. And that's even if you, if you watch like, you know, if you go on YouTube and you, and you search for this EY ethics cheating thing, you'll see over and over again that the people's reaction in the media is these people are responsible for making sure other firms are not cheating, but they're cheating themselves. And that, and that's, that's the whole thing is that you, there is a legit concern that it's going to uh, spread, not just from CPE, but it's going to make you soft in the areas where you absolutely should not be soft when you're an auditor and when you're charged with things like the, the, you know, the public good and the, the, the stability of the markets. So that's, that's a big, a big damn deal. Let me um, just ask you one thing about one thing. Um, because I wrote about this when it happened. I remember writing about it in my, uh, I have a newsletter that I write for my employer, Gusto, uh, who does not sponsor this podcast. But anyway, in, in, in the newsletter that I wrote, um, I said, you know, I don't condone this cheating and uh, I think it, it is unacceptable uh, for this profession. But I think the, the one thing I would say is that I understand why it happens. Okay. So I think okay. there's a difference between being all right with it or not taking it seriously and, uh, yeah. versus asking the questions like, how can this happen? These are supposed to be professionals of the highest integrity and it, we're entrusting them with the capital markets and this and that and whatever. And like, look, man, everybody that works in these firms is made of the same stuff as you and I. And if they're under pressure, if they've got, if they're under uh, pressure from the hours they're working, or maybe they've got a awful boss that's putting a lot of pressure on them and they have all these additional responsibilities into their regular work. So like passing, you know, getting the CPE for their CPA, like they're gonna, at some point, we talk about a lot ego depletion, right? They're going to break down at some point. Yeah. Like they can't, they can't resist yeah. it. For, they can't resist the pressure forever. Yeah. And so yep. to act like, to act surprised that this happens, I think is kind of, at least for me being familiar, at least for us, I think being as familiar as we are with the, uh, the accounting world is that this doesn't really surprise me because people are under tons of pressure all the time in these firms. And yeah, eventually, you know, People are going to cut corners. They're going to do things that whether they, they, they probably know that it's wrong, but they have to do it anyway because they have to make things work. Like they have to make their lives work. They have to make their professional lives work. They have to like, they have this endless to-do list and they've got to do, get all this stuff done. So to me, the, the behavioral bit of it is really complex uh, and the firms do not uh do not address it effectively uh with these emails saying hey no cheating okay oh. guys like that's right. that's not going to get it done yeah yeah no no cheating but please work 90 hours this week okay that's it for this episode and remember if you email answers to an ethics exam it's okay to do that as long as you're emailing the wrong answers to the ethics exam and also remember, if you know some colleagues who are cheating on an ethics exam, telling on them is fine. They're cheating on an ethics exam for crying out loud. God damn it. So if you want to drop us a line, maybe knock out one of your uh, coworkers for cheating, uh, please 
send us an email at ohmyfraud at earmarkcpe.com. And Caleb, if they just want to reach out to you but want to leave me out, uh, how can they find you out there? Uh, they can tell me about cheating on Twitter at CNewquist or at LinkedIn, my full name, uh, backslash Caleb Newquist. Greg, where can people talk to you about cheating? My Twitter handle is at Greg Kite, and I am also on LinkedIn, uh, backslash Greg Kite. Kite with a Y, not with an I, because my ancestors were just as bad of spillers as I am. Oh My Fraud is written by Greg Kite and myself. Our producer is Zach Frank. If you like the show, leave us a review or share it with a friend. Rating the show and leaving reviews helps people find the podcast. Do you like this podcast? Then leave us a review. It'll help other people. Isn't that great? Helping people. Be sure also. I'm going to send out an email to everybody saying it's good to help people. Yeah. Also subscribe on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And for the accountants, if you listen on Earmark, you can get CPE and you won't have to cheat. Or maybe you do. I mean, I don't know. You shouldn't cheat. No. Don't cheat. No. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. (laughs) Jesus, Caleb. You could. I mean, you could. (laughs) But are you that kind of person? I mean, think about it. Look at yourself in the mirror. Are are people going to hack Earmark? Is that what's... I mean, I don't think so. And take the test. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, bad people will. Join us next time for more avarice swindlers and scams from stories that will make you say, Oh, my Oh, my fraud. fraud. 